0: Well, welcome, everybody, to the Hour of Sales Power. This is Joe Crisera, your host, and it looks like the subject for today's meeting is to how to create more value with higher prices, meaning that when you have a higher price that you need to um, uh, create more value when you're when you're out there. Let's face it, uh, selling is not a – I mean, if selling where as easy is just lowering your price and getting the job. They wouldn't call it selling, would they?
1: No, that'd be order-taking, right?
0: Yeah, and, and even then, let's face it if, it, if that's all it took was to get a low price, uh to get the job would you get very many jobs probably no because uh i mean uh you, how often are you how, how often are you the lowest price rick
1: i'm never the lowest price so and it have always seemed to be somebody that can be a little bit lower
0: no, i'm sure i'm sure and so uh and so if you were the lowest even even if you even if your boss gave you the agreement to say yeah go ahead and lower your price as low as you could get it mm-hmm. uh there's no guarantee that's going to get it done. Matter of right. fact, I think that might be the thing that would lose your jobs, wouldn't it, probably? Exactly,
1: because if there's no value to the job. If it's so cheap they're gonna think that's so cheap there's gotta be something wrong with it.
0: Yeah, and on top of it, what kind of belief can you have in your in your product and your service if you're always going cheap on things? If you're um if you if you're trying to if you're trying to sell things for a cheaper price, well then uh you you know the the, the laws of nature tell us that the things are cheaper priced, there's gotta be something missing, right?
1: Right. Something's gonna be taken out somewhere. You can't provide the same quality and service if you get a cheap price. Right.
0: So today we're going to talk about a little bit about how we can, uh, how we, how can, how can we possibly uh, take a price that that is the price, whatever price it is, and we can leverage this price to be uh, more valuable, to make the price sound more valuable. Now, what are some key elements, Rick? Do you want to? you want to? I, I got some ideas of my own, and you know, of course, they're just ideas that I have, you know, rolling around You're my gonna... brain, but. But does anybody else have? you have any ideas, Rick, of anything that you could uh, share with us that uh, you know that that add value to before you before you give your price? Uh, anything you think of?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, even I think it even starts from the introduction. Even before I show them my first price, I tell them, you know, my first um, uh, option for you here isn't a Cadillac. It's not the Cadillac. It's really the Rolls Royce or the Bentley of heating and anchoring system. So this is uh, kind of the very best. So even right from the Right from the introduction of going into my presentation, I I prepare them right away that this is going to be uh, expensive.
0: So um, I think I think that's true, Rick. I think I think that obviously the, the time to build value on price is right before you give your presentation. It's probably the best or easiest time to build, to, to build value within your price. Um, right. But there are some things that are done earlier in the presentation that create higher value too, right? So I, let's right. talk about like right from the beginning, beginning. And then we're going to, what I'm going to do, I want to cover today, Rick, is we're going to cover like this thing called, we call the money warning, which is really a uh, tactic that we use to condition your customer for a higher price so that they kind of expect the higher price before right. you give it to them. We're going to talk about that. But let's go ahead and uh, reel it back a little bit. And talk about the first parts of the calls and how these also communicate that your company is probably going to have a higher price, uh, to the customer. Cause let's face it, when you walk into the best hotel in, uh, in downtown Providence, Rhode Island, where you're from, Rick, there's got to be some kind of indication that this hotel probably costs a lot for each night, right?
2: Right. Exactly. When you walk in
0: that lobby, something saying, I'll bet this is more than $69 a night, right? Like, right. What, <laughs> exactly. what, are the indica- what are the indications that when you walk in the hotel that there might be something different?
1: right well i mean, obviously by the decor and the location and 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 uh how everybody's dressed and um you know there's a lot of different things that can uh send send a signal that this is not gonna be a cheap place to stay at
0: right so so right in the very beginning uh many times you go to a some kind of a restaurant or some kind of a um uh what do you call it a um a food place or even a, a hotel where uh there's something that's communicating to the average person that this is going to be a little bit more than the average purchase, that this is not going to be a McDonald's hamburger, right? It's not going to be right. a, a Motel <laughs> 6. And right. so I think the salesperson on the sales call also gives off a vibe that I'm either low, I'm either low rent or else I'm, uh, I'm I'm somebody who looks like they're going to get a higher price and acts like they're going to get a higher price on this call, right? So right. What, what what are some of the things that uh, create value about that, Rick? Can you, you think of anything on the very first part of the call?
1: Well, I mean, I I I guess the easiest thing I can think of is, uh, how, you know, your how you physically look, uh, you know, looking like a professional when you go there. I mean, uh, uh, again, if you went there in all tattered clothes and and didn't look the part, I think uh, right right you know, there's no way to make a you know a first impression again. So I, I think that's one area that you really have to be cog you know cognizant of uh, uh, how you know how you're going to present yourself.
0: So if you go there with a the wife beater and some shorts. That's yes, probably not going to work. Yeah, probably not going to be good, right?
1: No, probably not going to be good. Or or an old, old beat up truck. You get out of the truck and you open the door, but your stuff falls out, and you spend five minutes picking up the stuff and throwing it back in. Uh uh-huh. That's that's probably not going to send the kind of signal you're looking to send.
0: Okay, so there's but a I, definite I, way you look. I mean, and let's face it, looking too good probably doesn't uh, work in your advantage. Looking too bad doesn't work in your advantage.
1: Exactly. You right. Find just
0: the right look, right? So it's something which says I'm professional but doesn't. Uh, obviously, create issues with uh customers that this is uh
3: overcharging you know, right
0: yeah this why is this guy wearing an Armani suit for instance like uh <laughs> exactly you, feel, you walk in looking like Phil Jackson with an Armani suit or Pat Riley with an Armani Armani suit? you might not uh be uh, uh what do you call it received very well, so that might not be good and and wearing the white beater and shorts wouldn't be good that's true too
2: right So so right.
0: now now let's take it to the next step let's look at it from uh beyond that now we're talking to the customer what what is it about the the language and and what not that you do that either creates value or loses value, do you think, right there? It makes people think this is going to cost a lot or it's not going to cost a lot. Anything on the beginning part of it?
1: Well, I mean, I just think it's how you communicate with the customer. Um, first of all, find out what their need is. I mean, you go on the call and you really, uh, you're really trying to find out what what your services that you need, and by, you know, asking them certain questions, you can find out, and they'll disclose to you, and they'll find out that you're really listening to what they have to say.
0: So when when you listen and just be quiet and listen what's going to so what inspired you to call us out here today and right. the language you use and creating scarcity in the first part. Like, well, are you sure this is a good time to do this call? Maybe we should reschedule it. If it's not a good time for you, if you're not going to decide, then we don't have to do the call today. So you start taking things away from people, maybe creating scarcity at the very first part at the door when somebody's saying, oh, we're just kind of thinking about getting an air conditioning in it. Uh, me- remember you told me when you were busy? Right. And you had customers saying, yeah, we're just kind of getting some... We're just chewing on some numbers for a new AC system when it was like 95 degrees outside. Remember, what, what, what were you telling people when that
1: happened? I, I said, I, well, I said to him, "How long have you lived in the house?" Said, well, oh. we've been here 20 years. I'm like, well, you lived here 20 years ago. Well, they see what? What do you need it now? I mean, if I were you, I would just, you know, what? What have you been doing up till now? Well, we've uh-huh. been putting window units in. I said, well, something wrong with the window units?
0: Uh huh. You know, so now all of a sudden they have to convince you. So, the second the customer starts selling you on the call, like, listen, Rick, I'm sick of doing the windows. I want to get this work done. Plus, I got uh, a newborn infant coming. we got to get this uh, this house in shape before that uh, baby comes home. Right. Now, all of a sudden, does that elevate the aspect of what I'm willing to do or what I'm willing to pay? Is that, that the price maybe gone up a little bit, figuratively? Uh, thinking, absolutely. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so from that
1: standpoint. Right. You know, and, and I'll give you another example. I called you up on, uh, on Saturday about a call that I had, and I, and the, um, a lady had given me a commitment to make a decision, and she said to me, well, you know, this is an awful lot of money. She said, uh, I think, uh, you know, maybe I should get other prices. And I said to uh, her, what's well, this maybe stuff? I mean, if, you know, if you feel that way, well, you should definitely get other prices. She says, well, is it going to to me? I said, well, I would suppose it would definitely have to be left to me. So, you know, I think you should definitely get other prices. I mean, uh, if if that's how you feel. Uh, well, you know, when you're going to be able to get the work done. I said, well, it doesn't really matter if you're not comfortable with the price. If you don't feel that the co- that our company is worth what I've shown you and that, you know, that we're going to provide you the best service and product, you should really call somebody else and get another price. Yeah, but I want it done. You said you could do it Monday. I'm like, well, don't pressure me here.
0: <laughs> you, st- you said <laughs> you want to
1: get another price. <laughs> we
0: got you know, to so me- get prices,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're starting to really make me feel pressured, you know. So uh-huh. by me starting to take it away and not say, oh, you don't need other prices. You know, by, by me telling her, well, if that's how she feels, she should do it. It made her, it, it created more value for what yeah. I was offering because I wasn't trying to talk her into it now.
0: Yeah, she's like, you know? This guy, this guy must be solid in what he's offering since you're not desperate to tell her not to get prices. Because a lot right. of salespeople say, now, why would you want to get prices? That doesn't make sense. Right. Right? Or, no, I,
1: yeah. As soon as you encourage like her to do might... that, you can, it feels, you should, people who haven't done that should really try it. It's unbelievable how natural it feels. Yeah. Um just to say well you know, because whenever you try to um uh, sell something, you, you, you can tell you're not you 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 are doing something wrong. By so me telling this customer doesn't have to get other prices, it feels wrong. Right. Um because what you're doing is you're telling them they're wrong. So the only thing you can do is agree with them and say, Well, if that's how you feel, be you know, you you really should get other prices. Let me ask you, what do you what are you hoping to find when you get these other prices? Well, yeah. I'm sure, you know, just you'll know, um there'll be someone that you know can be do this for less money. I said, absolutely someone will do it. That's true. Absolutely someone will do it for less money. You know? So you don't have to, then you can get into a little bit of like, well, you know, you think you're going to get the same thing or what do you think about that? You know what right. I mean? Well, you know, I don't think they're going to be here Monday. So you help them to discover itself, but also you're producing, uh, uh, more value to them because, uh, of just how you're having, the, how you're making yourself more scarce.
0: Because you're giving them freedom, and you're saying, "Listen, I don't care if you go with me or not. Just go get more prices." Then, if you're not comfortable, right. if you're not comfortable with my services, you should get other prices. If I'm not clearly better than other people, you should just go with those people.
1: Right? Exactly. Now, when when, and when all somebody the... says
0: that, when somebody says that to somebody, to me, right. that that creates value in a huge way. Right. Because now it's like, man, this guy's not even, uh, he's totally giving me free to
1: do what I want. And you know what what, what I use a lot that really works good? It's like, I'm really not comfortable with doing the work for you now if that's how you feel. I'm not really comfortable doing this. I don't feel comfortable about our our arrangement. Oh wow. That's
0: great. So somebody gets like, somebody gets like, I should get some other prices. Well, you know what? You're right, John. I don't feel comfortable either. I don't feel, if you don't feel comfortable working with me, I don't feel comfortable working with you either. Right. And what, what, what do you say that for? Probably right.
1: Right, and then what happens is now they're trying to make me comfortable.
0: No, no, Rick, uh, you know, I think you're going to do a good job for us, believe me. I think uh, they start trying to try pull, it, pull you back right. in,
1: right? And I said, well, just a minute ago, I said you want to get other prices. What's changed? Oh, yeah. I was being foolish. I really want to get this done. All right, uh-huh. what should I do now?
0: <laughs> so, so that does create value. I mean, I think that when you get the customer actually pulling you toward the sale, I think that's a huge part of it when somebody says, you know, we're doing we got to get a bunch of other prices. Just so you know, we're going to get five other prices. And I'd say, yeah, you should definitely get them. I mean, uh, if all you're looking for is the cheapest system, you should definitely just keep shopping to you find the cheapest price. But can I ask you a question? Why is the cheapest way best? I mean, is that how you feel that you're going to buy the system? That's 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 okay, I guess. But uh, And if you're going to look for the cheapest price, you should definitely find something else beside us because we're not going to be the cheapest one. Right. You, you can even tell people that, right?
1: Right. I do that all the time. And I tell them, people don't call Gem plumbing because we're the cheapest. Oh, no. So if that's what you're looking for, then, then really, then we, we're not for you.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's huge. Right. There's, and so and now, let's talk about the second part where you eliminate the competition to some degree. If you can get them talking about the competition just by saying, so, how, so how's it going? How are the estimates going before you? Getting? I'm sure it sounds like you got some really good people who came here, and you got some people who are really uh, on the ball. Do you ever do something like that and talk, talk oh. about the competition?
1: All the time, you know, what I want to get them to do is talk about the competition and talk about us. So, for us I say, so let me ask you. I'm I'm always trying to improve in my, you know, my communication, with my customers, and my service to my customer. What did you like about those other guys? If you don't mind sharing with me, is that all right? What What did you like about those guys that came here?
4: Uh huh.
1: And 90% of the time it's negative because if it was really positive, they would have already purchased from them
0: they go, well. Right. Actually, the one guy wouldn't. You ever have somebody say like the one guy wouldn't leave? You sit here all night trying to trying to sell
1: it. All the time, he says, "Oh, the other guy was here for two hours, and we couldn't get him out of here." I had even tell someone there. There was there a the guy was there for four hours, and all wow. these books and all this stuff. And he says, "Please, you're not going to do that." I said, "Oh no, I wouldn't do that." Right. Uh Then I had another one tell me, "Listen, the guy was here two weeks ago. I've called him four times. He said he's going to email me an estimate, and I haven't uh I haven't received anything from him yet." I'm yep. like really, Email. How an estimate? That, add,
0: that. I mean, uh, how, how does that impact the value when somebody says they're going to send an estimate right away and they don't send one for two weeks?
1: Right. I say, boy, I, and then I said, I said they're going to email you an estimate. I says, I wonder if they, if you ever need service from them, I wonder if they're going to e- email you the service. <laughs>
0: yeah. They're going to email the <laughs> service guy out here. Maybe. Gonna, <laughs> I, I always like that one when people say you know, the, the guys. He's gonna, I, I still got one of the, I still got a proposal coming in the mail, and then I say, to that, Rick. I then I go. Really he's not gonna make a presentation to you i mean uh, that's kind of weird so so he's comfortable just mailing a presentation and i mean what, what kind of service is it where he won't even present his own options to you? I don't understand that right isn't that weird so yeah. I tell you one thing i i know i know for i know in particular in the Boston area there's a lot of companies uh who mail proposals to people right it, to me that is like uh it's like it's it's like, it's like uh, you know uh the that, that the death sentence on uh, your sales for me as far as I'm concerned that's a good way to kill that's a good way to kill your sales as far as I'm concerned
2: yeah that's true
0: so if somebody's out there still mailing proposals to people man uh that that that's about the most dysfunctional that's about the lowest lowest form of sales you can make. Right, if you will even make your own presentation in person. Right, right.
1: you know it's almost, like it. it's almost like going to a restaurant. Almost like going to a restaurant having them, having them meal you the meal.
0: <laughs> oh my
1: god! I mean that's not good service. I mean the yeah. good service is delivering it, make sure you like it, make sure you know that everything's cooked the right, the right temperature, and that that's what service is all about. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you order something, the waitress came, took an order, and said, "All right, it's in the kitchen. Come pick it up." You know, well, that that's not service. Right. And the so same thing with our agreements with our with our customers. You know, there's all kinds of other reasons not to do it. If I was, you know, proprietary information, that type of thing. But most of all, it's just about not good quality service.
0: Right. That it, it is and, funny, isn't? its is that I don't think right. a lot of people realize how how little value there is that they those people who mail proposals like that have more or less just given up to say right. it's all price. People only buy on right. price. They're, they're, it's very dysfunctional. They don't they don't realize how dysfunctional they are. That everybody. Um, uh, thinks that it's just about price, or just the, uh, just the uh, those those people in particular think that it's just, they're going to buy on price anyway. Why even make a presentation?
1: Right, and you know it's it's another way too. I I was meeting with a housewife, and she she told me that she was getting gathering the estimates and um, getting them uh, mailed, and I said to her, "If I ask you a question, you know, how does it make? You, doesn't it make you feel a little pressured to have to get all these and then try to explain them to your husband?" Uh. huh Oh, she says, I hate that. I, says, I mean, I really hate doing this because they talk to about all that kind of stuff, and then i got to explain it to him I have no idea. Right. I'm like, well, what, you know, I, I would be more than willing if this is okay with you. I, um, if it would help you out, I'd be happy to come back any night or weekend or any time your husband's around, and you know what? Because I think it would be malpractice for me to expect you to explain my products and services to your husband. That wouldn't be fair to you. That's right. Oh, you would you would do that? I said, well, would you help me? Well, you know, what's your husband looking for? You're gonna help me out here? Oh yes, I'll help you out. I'll call him right now. Uh huh. That's <laughs> awesome. Was, so, yeah. So I ended up obviously I ended up getting a job with her help. I mean, she helped me. Told me. Yeah, because everybody for else is just helped.
0: saying. Everybody else is saying, go ahead and do it. You, you, basically, what I was saying that one, Rick, I was go. I said, well, hang on for a second, Karen. I mean, the other guys are making you do a do-it-yourself presentation that you have to do your own presentation to yourself. Right. That doesn't make sense. I mean, even uh,
1: worse to her husband.
0: <laughs> is that, is, yeah, I mean, you know, so you're going to make. Let me ask you a question, Karen. Are you going to get a commission when you sell the job to your husband for these guys? <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, mean, I always say, I say, wait a second. Are you going to get? Are those guys? Are those guys going to give you at least a commission for selling the job, like eight percent or something like that? <laughs> right.
1: Exactly. And right. they're like,
0: No, no, I'm not even getting the commission. Wow, that's terrible. Right. You know, so I think. Don't you think that that's part? That's part of it too. Is that how functional you are relative to other people? Other people are out there, you know, leaving proposals behind. Go ahead and talk to your husband. You, you make the presentation to your husband. I won't make, you know, I don't, fe- I, you go ahead and make your own presentation. I don't want to make the presentation. You make it. Pretty much that's the impression people get. You know, let's face it, uh, guys, if you are letting your customer do their own presentation, you get whatever sale you, uh, you, you get what you deserve, which is no, right. you, you won't, you won't right. get any jobs like that. That's terrible. Right.
1: Then, then if you do that, you deserve to be only chosen by price.
0: Because that's you right. haven't provided that's any that's service, you're not. Wo-
1: yeah, you're really not worth any more than that. Because you right. haven't provided any exceptional service.
0: And so, to kind of start the ball rolling on that, you say, "Hey, you know, so it sounds like you had some great people out here. I mean, hey, if you were me, what could you learn from? from what, 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 can I, what can I learn from those guys? I'm just kind of learning about sales. Of course, they don't realize that you're learning at the point of about." Uh, six million dollars a year or twenty five thousand a day, they don't realize that.
1: <laughs> right, we, right. We don't
0: gotta tell them that. We can just tell them that you're learning because you are learning sales though, right, right?
1: Oh, I, you know, and the only way I think that you can truly uh be proficient is always to um gather more information on how you can be better. It's the only yeah. way you're ever going to move forward. And the but the funny thing is when you do ask that question, most of the time um what the customer says is, Oh, I don't think you could learn anything from them. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean Every exactly. once in a while, someone will say something. I really liked he did this or he did that. You know what I mean? You know, I really liked he measured every window or he did this or he did that. Uh-huh. You know, and I will make sure I'll do those things. But guess most of the what, time, what
0: you're measuring tape out, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> but most of the time, you find out how dysfunctional the rest of your competition really is.
0: Yeah, that's funny, isn't it? Now, um, it, it's amazing. It's amazing you can find that information out so easily because people just love to confide. And people who are asking about the the system itself or the, or the the process, basically you're asking about the process itself, and that's why people reveal it. Everybody else is asking about equipment the rest of the ER and the and BT. You're just asking about, you know, uh... so how are you finding it to buy this stuff? Is it easier? How's it going so far? Is it uh, right. is, is the industry treating it good? And for right. the most part, they're going to say no, they're not treating it no. good at all.
1: Hi, you know, how are you enjoying the process? Are you enjoying the process?
0: Oh, it's like pulling teeth. If I can enjoy pulling teeth. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy enjoyment
1: is not the it's not the word that comes to mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So however easy you can make the process, however easy you make the presentation seem, and, and the fact that you're willing to make the presentation yourself and not let your customer make their own presentation, then uh, that is a perception that you have another more high value. You're, you're willing to make – the fact that you're willing to make two trips out there, Rick, that makes it more right. valuable too. You're not pressuring people. You don't got to decide today. Let's right. uh, d- just decide a different day when you're ready to make a purchase. You don't have to. Uh, you don't got to make a decision today. Let me just come back a different day. But I, what, what I won't do though is you won't, won't leave behind your presentation, right, Rick?
2: Right. Exactly because right. if
0: you leave, 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 leave behind a presentation, you're leaving behind proprietary company information. So if people don't want to decide, that's fine. I don't make a. Pre- I won't make a presentation then today. Right. So, so so I think I think being functional. What communication about the value of your services does just being functional mean? Mean that. If you're dysfunctional, it means something like, here's my presentation. You say, can I keep the presentation and think it over? You go, oh yeah, of course, go ahead. There, and that's very dysfunctional. Even every customer knows that's dysfunctional because now you're saying, here's your free information, free engineering and free everything, and let right. me go ahead and figure it out. How could you work for, and you've already established the value, value of your time, haven't you? If you're giving away, if you spent two hours an hour and then you're giving away the information for free,
1: and that, then establish, that, not be that establish much? what
0: you're, establish what the value of time is, doesn't it?
1: Right. You know, I, I tell you, I tell you a quick story about perception of value. Um, I had a, I had a friend of mine. he was an old guy, and he's the type of guy he would go to the dump and come back with more stuff than he went to the dump with.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but what he did, he had some old tires out in the front of the house that he was trying a bunch of stuff he was trying to get rid of, and he put out there free. Take whatever you want. Uh-huh. And it sat there, and it sat there, and it sat there. And his name is Mr. Munjo. He said, Mr. Munjo, that stuff's been out there forever. He says, yeah, I really can't get rid of it, but I got an idea. So he went out there with a marker, and he started putting $10 on the tire, and he and he put $7 on something else and something on off Well, over the next week, people came by and they stole it. <laughs> ah,
0: I just take the tires. I'm going to steal this guy's $10 tires, huh? Right, That's because funny. he put a price
1: on it. It felt it was worth something.
0: No, I hey, it got you know, value, so now i got to steal uh, the tires.
1: Right. Everybody come by and see it. No one will be around. And they stole all the stuff, and they got rid of it.
0: <laughs> that's funny.
1: <laughs> you know, because it was a perceived value, and the value yeah. was whatever he put on it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's funny. But, hey, Rick, let me, tell you, let me ask you a question. Like, when, you know, you told me many times that I just want to go back to you learning about sales and the whole thing where you say, hey, I'm just kind of learning about sales. What can I learn from those people? Um, right. you, you told me many times that you come to this show and you uh, you, show, well, you show even though you're doing well already, you come here to the show. And what's the reason? You say at the end of the show, you usually call me about five minutes after and go, "You know what? Uh, what do you usually tell me at the end of the, at the end of the show?" Well, maybe the, five the minutes, after you call me.
1: What happens is it, it keeps me energized and fresh, but also it keeps me on the straight and narrow because sometimes you, you get into habits that. You're not supposed to be doing and by talking about them and verbalizing them, you can re-solidify the importance of them in your mind and get right back on the right track. So,
4: uh-huh.
1: you know, I, I like to do this and talk about this because it helps me to continue to move in the right direction and it uh-huh. re-energizes me. You know, it also gets very lonely. You're out in the road or you're doing these different things. You're talking with the customers and sometimes you can talk to other people about, you know, the things you go through. You can, um, Find better ways of doing things and feel like you're not always you know, out. You know, I always say sales is a very lonely job. Sometimes just you're out there on your own. It seems, so yeah. it's good to you know talk to the people and become re-energized.
0: Yeah, and then you're, and you're learning too. It's a, right through Absolutely. the process. You're always learning more. Even even a guy like you who uh, who sells what you sell uh, still. Uh, and the funny the funny thing is that I'll try and talk to a guy who's selling like seven hundred thousand dollars a year, Rick. I right. say you should come to one of the classes. But well, he goes, "No, nah, I already got myself set up. I already went to the uh, boot camps and every. Right. I, I know what I'm doing." I say, hey, "Listen, I sold seven hundred thousand last year.
1: Oh, uh, I, so, like, uh, like, I pick up stuff all the time, and then I say, you know what? I got to. I got to get better at that. I'm going to do that next time.' And uh... I, you know, if it wasn't coming to these meetings as much as I could, you know, on Thursday night and talking about it, when a customer would ask me about, you know, maybe I should go to the prices. I would catch myself falling back into trying to sell them on not getting on other prices. Uh-huh. See, but by coming to the meeting every week and learning about it and hearing it, it's automatic in my mind that I don't do that now. Whereas right, if right. I didn't come this every week, I would I would fall back into old habits, and it would cost me more sales.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. Ultimately, it would cost you more. Um, right. Let's talk a little bit about now. So, just dealing with your comparison of your functionality versus the the competition. That uh, that's a big issue. Let's talk about the money warning and the thing where we kind of condition customers for the price. So once you get your presentation together, then there's the issue about right before the presentation, we do a little bit of magic, a little magic on people. And that magic is to kind of warn people at the first option. I got to tell you right now. So what, here's what I always do. I'm going to break this down for everybody. And Rick, you might even, uh, I might I might even develop, develop a little more specific uh, behavior at this point that maybe even you can uh, benefit from because, uh, it might it might help you get more solid in this area too. I'm sure you're doing. Sounds like you're doing great already. But um, doing. I mean, heck, I, I don't think uh, seventy twenty five thousand dollars a day working six days a week that's a lot to do. But
1: uh, but so uh, thirty thousand would be better.
0: Thirty thousand. <laughs> you never know. It might be even better. <laughs> Just close out one more deal a week. You might get thirty thousand a week a day. Right. So so. But, but I think that this uh, this is key now. This uh, this money warning area where basically it does it does two things. It, it kind of saves you. It, it kind of makes you feel more comfortable that. I'm going to create a high price for somebody, and I want to make sure everybody's comfortable when I show the price. Right, right, right. Right,
1: and it's really not fair for me to reveal a high price to them without warning them first.
0: Yeah, you, you have to give them a soft landing. You have to say, you know, right. uh, let me go ahead and make the uh, let me go ahead and put some padding down here, so when you see these prices, when you fall over, you don't hit your head. Right, more or less. You don't you don't you don't hurt yourself when you <laughs> when you see this first right. option. And so uh, there's basically uh, two different parts to it, and actually three different parts to it. Three different phases of this part of it. The first thing I always like to do, Rick, and I'm not sure about you for, I, I just I always go, "You know what, John, I looked the system over and I got to tell you something. Uh although I know I know you're thinking about replacing it and I tell you that's good you are because I really don't like what I'm seeing right now with the system and uh it's it's really got some major issues with it. But don't worry, I got some options for you." So, the first thing I do is just that. I just say, "You know what, I don't like what I'm seeing. I got some major issues here, but don't worry, I've got some uh, solutions for you." So just uh hang in there with me, okay? And then I go deeper. I say, now, here's here's what I'm finding. Now I'm getting specific. I say, we have a restriction in the air distribution intake system. you basically got a 60% restriction. Your capacity is 100% capacity. You're only getting 40% of the air heating and air that you're paying for. Uh, so we have a restriction there. Secondly, this is about the most inefficient system that money could buy that you have in there right now. This was built in the 1950s, and this uh, furnace is... Uh, Extremely old and very inefficient. It's about half the efficiency of a new system. So the air distribution system and the equipment and the air conditioning system, very inefficient. Plus, when I was, I'm finding also that there's many holes in the ductwork that's leaking the air you're paying for, whatever you are paying for, into the, into the air. And it's really kind of, uh, not very eco-friendly and it's also and this is just wasting money. But don't worry, I got some options for you. So basically now I get specifically into it like I just did there and then I say, but don't worry, I got some options for you. Then I, then I go into phase three, which is, or phase three, which is, now I describe the presentation. I go, well, the first option, you're not going to like a lot. It's going to be, this is a platinum, uh, premium way of doing this thing. Kind of like the Rolls Royce way of going about this system. Uh, this is only for the people who usually want the finest, so you're probably not going to want this one. But do me a favor, uh, I got, I got a cheaper one. I got cheaper ones at the bottom. Just take a look at those, and you're probably going to find something you like down there a little bit, for a little bit less money, okay? Either way, now we're in the last part. This is kind of like phase four. Uh, don't shoot the messenger when you, when you hear what I have to say. Just look at all the options and just take a look at them you think. And that's pretty much the money warning. Now, let's look at how that creates value. When, when I, when I, when a guy like Rick, who looks like a real professional comes in the house, he's getting along with the customer and all of a sudden he gets into this phase. Rick, does this draw more attention to your presentation and make your presentation seem more important, do you think?
1: Absolutely, because they're interested now and it's like, oh, I have something behind the curtain over here. I'm going to show it to you in a minute. Are you ready to see it? Uh huh. You see what? So what you're doing is you're creating an anticip into anticipi- what's that word? Anticipate. I can't say that <laughs> word tonight. Anticipation. Ant- <laughs> anticipation. That's it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so that they really want to.
0: Instead.
1: Yeah. Anticipation. I don't know why I couldn't say that. Uh, I had to hear you say it first.
0: So it, like my, they, dad, they really my dad can't say the word chimney. He says chimney. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can usually say that. I think I need a drink of water. But you know what? You, what we you really do is now they're really interested in what what you have to show, and now they're you know they are like, all right, show it to me.
0: Uh huh. I want to see this. I want to see it. I'm going to see it. Right. Plus, if you're concerned, plus if you, a professional like you, is concerned about the price. Right. If they see a guy like Rick come in with all this stu- his his good looking, he's got his shirt on and his laptop and all the stuff he's doing there, he looks like a real professional. And even you're concerned about the price, right? It's they're like, man, this guy is worried about the price. Imagine what this is going to cost. This is going to be like more. I bet. I'll bet this is like forty thousand dollars. <laughs> and you know, so basically, what you're doing is that through your own concern and your own your own dissonance about, man, I'm just almost afraid to show this to you, Ken, because. You kept saying that you're interested in low price. I tell you now, you're going to freak when you see the first one. It's going to be right. extreme, extremely, extremely uh, not low price. It's going to be a high investment because it is the finest. I to tell you, you're, gonna, you're probably, gonna, you, you probably might like it, but you're probably not going to like it when you see the price. So do me a favor, just hang in there for the whole presentation and see what you think. Now, for that, what that does is it, it kind of draws people in. It makes a compelling case that this is going to be a good, a good, a good option. It's premiums. But it's so good that you wouldn't like it. Plus, doesn't it challenge people sometimes, Rick?
1: Right, because you can you can almost see them sometimes. Like, what? What do you mean I won't like it? Like, you don't think I can afford it, or you know what I mean? Or, uh-huh. or more, or 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 you don't think I'm worth it? <laughs>
0: you know what I mean? And, and then people are like, I'll show this guy. I'm gonna yeah, buy I'll show it this guy. To,
1: I'll buy it just to show him I'm worth it.
0: <laughs> just to show. You. Sometimes I actually sell a job like that just because people want to prove to me that they can't afford it and that they would, that I do want the best. I'm not some, right. I you know, you don't know me. Rick, you don't know me. Very well, I do like the best. Right. And so sometimes that does do it. And let me tell you something. How many people are actually doing that before they give a presentation? Most people, just like I said, they're literally mailing it in or they're just going to sit there and bore the customer. I'll tell you what, most presentations I see um, amount to salespeople reading literature talking about SCERs and BTUs and you know R four ten A. They start talking about all the technical things,
1: right? But you're which, reading to the customer yeah.
0: like a little baby.
1: Uh, I don't. And the, the amazing thing is, I haven't said the word fear in a year, or BTU or any of that stuff, or R four ten A. I haven't discussed any of that with a customer in a year. Uh
0: huh. But you, you probably know, have called it. This is our earth friendly refrigerant, probably right?
1: You, exactly.
0: This is our eco, eco this is our eco refrigerant, our green right, refrigerant. Right. Or
1: says. or highest return your investment or those type of things. Just words that no one else uses.
0: Right. That's great. So um that to me that that thing where you warn people with the money and then of course you say, Well, take a, and how about the thing where you do do you make people take a guess, Rick or are you are you still doing
1: yeah, that? Yeah, Sometimes how you, how I do it is, I kinda of feel it out with the customer. Some people are into guessing, sometimes it depends on how it's going with the customer. I'll say, Listen, I've already got it I because I, I use a PowerPoint, so I get down to the line where I'm right about ready to show the price, and that's when I say, All right, so you've seen all this, you know, give me a guess. What do you think it's gonna cost? And they'll say, Oh, I don't want to guess. Well I'm not showing to you until you guess. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It depends on how you report with the customer and the type of customer they are. Yeah. And sometimes I say, Oh, I'll left you off or or what I'll I'll do this on them. Or, how much should you pay for your last car? Huh? Oh, I I 30, paid uh dollars uh, uh, oh yeah, twenty thousand? All right. Uh double it. So 40, I'll I'll 000? get them to Yeah, I'll get them to guess it without them you know, I work it out of them
0: a little bit, you know what I mean? To me the guessing part is pretty critical that if somebody, so if you say, go ahead and take a guess what it is. I don't want to guess. Then I just say, Well what would you pay for your last car?
2: 20000
0: then double right. it. $40,000? So Fort- ha- now, now let's say you come in at $17,000. let us say right. your price is 17000 Right, and, and they're like, oh, my God, 40000 And then you come in at $17,000. i am
1: just kidding. It's only $17,000. Yeah, I'm just
0: 17. kidding. You're $17,000. Come, right. come on. It's just a, just a furnace and AC. What are you doing?
1: Right, and then, exactly. And, you know, there's another really good, when you do that the thing I really like about that is you get that feeling of agreement. Yeah. You say, "Oh, see, I told you it was expensive." Yeah, you were right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So now me and the customer had our first something that we agree upon. Yeah. So it doesn't become, even though it's a high price, it doesn't become a negative issue. It becomes no. something that we almost chuckle about.
0: Yeah, it's like it's like. See, didn't I tell you it was expensive? And then sometimes was <laughs> it? Sometimes was a customer say when they when they're going? Well, Rick, you know that's actually not a bad value, right? Did ever hear right. people say that to you?
1: You know, sometimes sometimes yeah, there's different kinds of customers. Some customers are like, "Oh my God, you were right," and then you get agreement with them. And uh-huh. then you get the other customers who's so like, "Oh, well, that's not there. That's about what I was thinking."
0: Uh-huh.
1: I get that all the time. You know, oh yeah, that's that's about what I thought it was going to be for a new system.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's pretty unbelievable, isn't
1: it? It is, uh, and that that was a big uh, eye opening for me because what I learned was what I thought a system was worth and what the customer thought the system was worth worth were vastly different. Mm-hmm. And I always assumed the customer thought it was worth less than I thought, and what I found was the majority of customers thought the system was worth more than I did.
2: It so the only thing that was
1: though. right, double and sometimes even triple. So right. what I learned was the only thing that was keeping me from selling things higher was my own preconceived notions of value.
0: Yeah. yeah I Remember when I first met you you said like we're already 500 bucks higher than the competition.
1: 500 to 1000, right. Right. No, I said
0: you should be twice. I said you shouldn't be five hundred. You should be like twenty five hundred more. Right, right,
1: and we really are now. We right, and that's very true.
0: It should be twenty five thousand sometimes more. Right, if you know the, right. So, I, sometimes,
1: uh, it, I mean, I've, I, I, had one. Uh, I was ten thousand dollars higher. Uh, everybody else was six to seven thousand. I was seventeen thousand, and the guy bought it for me. And he called my boss and told him, "Listen, I want you to know, I spent ten thousand dollars more to go with you."
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's not a bad thing when a customer calls your customer, uh, your, your owner, of the company, and tells them that.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: you know, and because um, the customer has their budget, and then and then by by the way we do your system, Joe, mm-hmm. by giving all these different options, the customer reveals their budget.
0: Yeah, yeah, they don't have to ask about the budget; it's already being found because you're going to give them all these options, and those options are going to they're going to find their place in, the, in those in those numbers. If your top number is 25000 and your bottom number is $6,500, uh they are going to find their place and tell you about what they think that they can do.
1: Right. And so what I feel is I I really don't feel like I ever leave any money on the table except for one event. When they buy the best from me, it's the only time I feel like I might have left a little, a little money on the table.
0: Yeah, but when they All buy right? the best one, they buy it real quick. Doesn't that get you mad? Right. You?
1: Right. That's what happens. Like my, my first one's one, is 20, I, I told you I had one that was uh, 35000 and uh-huh. and uh it went all the way down to 10000 and I showed him the $35,000 one. This was one of my first presentations I did using a system, and the guy uh-huh. bought the $35,000 system from me. It was wow. like, that, that's the one I want, <laughs> just like yeah. that. So, you know, with him, maybe I didn't find the budget. Maybe his budget was higher than I expected, but most of the time I feel like I'm not leaving any money on the table because the customer is, show- is revealing their budget to me by the one they pick.
0: Yeah, that's true, that's true. And also the the spread doesn't the spread in the price also indicate something Rick? I mean, if you have something that's twenty five thousand, then you have something that's five thousand at the bottom. Doesn't the five thousand seem a hell of a lot cheaper now compared to twenty
1: five thousand yeah it's all all uh, contrasting, so once I show them something for seventeen thousand and I get down to ten thousand, the ten thousand doesn't seem so bad, but yeah. if I showed them the ten thousand first, it would seem so they- terrible.
0: They think that's nuts. They think that's crazy. So you might as well get right. if you're getting crazy, you might as well get real crazy. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I, so, I, I've seen many times where guys sell repairs, even where the repair gets up to five thousand dollars, and they actually wind up selling it. like like, right. like I've seen people selling repairs now for what like you, for what you used to sell replacements for, right, Rick?
1: True. Yep.
0: That all of a sudden you'll see a four thousand dollar repair. And they were having a hard time getting four thousand for a replacement for a condensing replacement, something like that, right? Yeah, it's
2: true. Right, exactly. And
0: because the same same principles apply there. If you start at four thousand and bring it down to five hundred for repairs, the same principle applies. Meaning that they call the principle of contrast, where when you start with one option, it just freaks people out, and then get, let, let them have a soft landing by bringing them down to five hundred. The five hundred seems like a heck of a lot less money, and then people are more comfortable with that five hundred bucks where they never would have been comfortable before.
1: Right, and it even does more than that because when your bottom price is what everybody else's price is, now it makes all your competition look like they're cheap or cheap quality or yeah. they or they don't have the capability of offering the people the best.
4: Right.
1: So you really, by the way you do your presentation, you're really knocking the competition right out of the picture because now the customer doesn't want to go cheap. Uh-huh. And, and the only way they could uh, go with anybody else is to get to cheap, and that's not what they want.
0: You're right, you're right. Hey, Rick, I'm going to go ahead and see if we can open the lines up. I guess that's about it for that part. I think uh, So basically every single part of what we do in our system, to some degree, creates a higher price expectation. So when the customer, it kind of ramps them into the, uh, makes them feel comfortable with the price so that they're not, like, shocked. I mean, I do get some people uh, who, who hear about the system, Rick, or who come to some of the stuff and they don't quite get it. Maybe they're missing something. Major- I say about the overwhelming majority, 99% everybody seems like they're fine. Every now and then we get somebody who says something like, well what if the customer wants to compare like, uh, your number versus everybody else's numbers? So, so what do you do in that situation where somebody really, uh, they're dead, or they're dead set on getting more specific information, like they really want to hear about the SER and the BTUs, you must run into that where people want to hear like the engineering data, you ever get that stuff?
1: Because All right, of the guys I do. who trained them how to do it? Right, you know what I do is I just question the situation why they feel that's important. And if you keep on questioning them on on you know why they want to know that, why they feel that's important, a lot of times they'll they'll, they'll really you you really want to at that point get them focused back on what's makes makes important. It's it's not the BTUs anybody can sell a box. I tell them all the time, you know anybody that it's such a small part of it. The BTUs isn't really where it's at. What's at is the services that the company is going to provide you. You know, and the quality that we're going to provide. So, if you really want to, you know, just buy a box. You can buy that from anybody. You don't really need us,
0: right? Right? That's it's funny. And So then, then, then what do they say? Something like that? Well, I, the service is important to me. I want to make sure that uh, uh, I want to make sure I get somebody here to make sure that this is going to be uh, stand behind their product.
1: Right. I'm glad you feel that way because that's how I feel when I buy something. It's really the service, right, that I'm looking for. And so, uh, you know, so now what should I do?
0: Yeah, let's go ahead and just do
1: this one here. Right. And you know another another important thing about the system that is so good that I enjoy is I really get to do what's right for the customer. I'm selling the customer nicer equipment. I'm selling them stuff that they're going to be happier with than that other junk that was offered by everybody else. So it's not like they're just paying a higher price. They're paying a higher price, but they're getting so much more. Uh, they're getting better services. I can afford to give them true, really good service. I can afford right. to give them 24-hour, seven-day-a-week service. I can afford to come for the next 10 years and maintain their equipment, change all their filters, and not charge them anything for it. Right, so right. you know, I get to give the I get to give the customer the service they really deserve. Um, whereas before, I was just trying to you know sell the cheapest thing I could, get it installed, and then go to the next one. You know, and I wasn't really able to afford to provide the customer with really better service because it wasn't in the price.
0: Yeah. Hey, you know what? Did I tell you I bought a Toyota Prius, Rick, recently? Oh, you did? Yeah. And, uh, it's funny because, you know, I did, I bought it because of the gadgetry. I, lo- I love the instrumentation panel. But, right. Julie, Julie <laughs> bought it to save the planet. You know, she loves oh, the Yeah, planet. So, but, uh, but, uh, bottom line is this. Uh, here's an interesting fact. Is that, you know, the greatest fear that people have of buying a car like that, like a hybrid car, is the, is the breakdown. If, if something right, happens, yeah. they, they can't, they can't imagine Johnny Mechanic Fixing uh, some kind of a hybrid uh, elite car with computer control and all this stuff. And so one of the things I do to ease your mind is I go, so you want to get that, if you want to get that, that, that car, uh, here's what the car is going to cost. What they do is they charge more than the sticker price and they also include the six, six years, 75,000 mile warranty, 100,000 mile drivetrain or battery. The battery is guaranteed for, uh, for 100,000 miles. And all the things, and then they also threw in, in, my case, gave me, uh, you know, uh, three years of, uh, oil changes and maintenance. So bring it in every, uh, you know, 12, three times a year to bring it in to, uh, to get this thing, uh, fixed, get this thing maintained too, right? Right, right. And it was interesting how they did that, how they positioned everything at the top. And then they, they also had these, so if I would have, if I had asked, like I said, I said, well, is this maintenance like mandatory? No, so you can get it without it. It'd just be a little bit, probably like be, uh, we'll see, it would be $4,000 less with it, with the, without the, uh, if you don't want to have the, uh, the, the, the six year, you want the three year, 36,000 mile warranty, that would be like, uh, $2,500 less or whatever. And right. So then, okay. How about the oil changes? Yeah. If you don't want that, that will be, uh, 1500 bucks less. Hmm. I'm like, okay. No, I want that. I do want it. So basically, right. basically they, uh, kind of defeat you before you start by giving you all the stuff on the top options. So, remember the old school auto dealerships when you bought a car, then you go get the financing manager and he would yeah, try yeah. and sell you, try and sell you more stuff after you bought
1: it. You see, That that under chassis treatment stuff they spray on yeah, there yeah, and, yeah, the, the, the and the fabric t- guard and the, and the extra warranty. Of course, you know I said no to all that crap because I felt like they're trying to f- screw me.
0: <laughs> yeah, hey, you already bought, once you make the decision, you don't want to, I mean, obviously the, uh, so they changed their strategy to say, you know what, let's just offer that stuff like Joe Cressera and Rick Picard do, just offer it up front. Of course I went with the whole thing, because what am I going to do? I'm going to spend, uh, you know, money. Uh, to me, I think the car is cheap anyway to start with. It's like $30,000, right. so. Right, I'm like, right. I'm like, yeah, what the hell? Just go ahead and, uh, throw it in. Yeah, I'm not, uh. We're, you you
1: know, have know. a worry-free warranty.
0: <laughs> exactly. I don't have to worry about this. Uh, okay, cool. And so, right. uh, so that was a, a neat thing. It even included Tony. Totally, they had a premium thing where they had, uh, Towing, and uh, they call it gap insurance, where in case your insurance doesn't cover something, they they give you a new car,
2: things right, like that. Right. They're all
0: inclu- so it's pretty cool stuff that I really like what they did, which is they basically did the whole thing where they made it all inclusive on the top end, and then they made me they made me ask them to lower it if I wanted less. Right. Yeah, you know, which which I never did ask them. I just said yeah, Right, because you know <laughs> you don't want
1: to you don't because you because you deserve it. You work hard yeah. and you want the best. You don't want to go cheap on yourself.
0: Exactly. I'm saying, well, what am I saving here? A few hundred, bucks, just go ahead and. Uh, Let's get the whole damn thing. And so that's, what, that's right. what, so. so isn't, that what, isn't that what we do? though, we present the top option only, and then we kind of make customers ask us about the other ones. Well, what about the third one, Rick? And then, 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 I, then of course, I don't give any other presentations other than to the top one, right, Rick? I say,
2: right. Well, John. Right. Well, John,
0: that's a good option. What do you like about it? And I make him present it.
2: Right. Because
0: <laughs> I'm done presenting we, after the first option. We're done presenting, are we, Rick? Right. So, so you, you do the first one. Every everyone. If the customer asks about anything else, we say, Well, what do you like about that one, John? Right. <laughs> and make him present his own options, because cause that's one. If you're going to pay less, you should make your own presentation on those. That's right. That's what I always
3: say.
0: <laughs> I like that. That's funny, huh? All right, good. Uh, let's go ahead and open up the lines to our guests and see what we have here. I'm going to go ahead and see what we got. If anybody's on the line and you're in a uh, a very noisy area, please uh, quiet your phones, and we're going to open the phone lines. Here we go. All right. How's everybody doing out there? Good. Good. This is we, Gary we, we, Bailey and Elmira.
3: Hello? Hi hi Joe, this is Gary Bailey and Elmira.
0: Hi Gary, how are you doing today?
3: Great, great. You know, I one of the things that uh I was as I was listening to you guys talk at uh, I I always have think of these questions that I gotta ask you guys and then what uh-huh. usually happens if I listen the questions I had get answered without me even asking if I if I listen every week.
0: It didn't happen, did it?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: You did. Yeah. Oh, damn it. I thought we were going to have a question for me.
3: Right, well, <laughs> actually, I got I, I have a situation uh or a thing I want to try out on a customer. Uh, we're always uh I I emailed you about uh guy's coming in asking for yeah, literature and yeah. And, uh, yeah, and things like that and uh uh one of the things that uh I wanted to try out on customers it was is say exactly. like uh they right. you know keep asking about brand and stuff like that and say, "Well, geez, you know, if you're uh Considering building your dream home, what would be more important—finding uh, out uh, finding the best carpenter in town, or finding out, you know, if the if the lumber you was going to use was John's Manville or something like that? That's a good.
0: That's a that's mm, really that's a good. good uh, that's a good analogy. It's like I'm going to use question, that one. When you build your house, let's say you're going to build a deck. Would uh, the with the, uh, with, the na- with the brand name of the wood, uh, be as important as the carpenter who's doing the work. Hmm. I like really that. Good, uh, that's that's a really, really good.
3: Uh, and then, if you accept that, that you want to find the best carpenter uh, who's who would who is better able to decide which which uh, lumber is the best to use. There, uh, you know, the best carpenter in town that you just chose,
0: or yourself. You know. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you kind of. I like where stage. he's going with that. Yeah, you kind of two-stage him. You go, yeah. So so the carpenter, and then, and then 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 who should select the wood? The carpenter, who's really the best guy, or just uh, you, you the homeowner, who would who would know mm. better? Yeah, right. That's
3: a couple of things I want to run by you. This yeah, I, I felt like a, it felt like it would be right to me to say something like that to somebody. But I just wanted to throw. Yeah, I think I like
0: that. I think I'm we should uh, we should keep working and practicing on that. The way I like we, I like your two stages there because that's you're kind of triangulating people, which is a good way to do things. You're, you're asking one question, then asking a second question, which equals the answer. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's always the answer. Best way is whenever whenever you're doing things, that's always the best way to do it. It's kind. I call it triangulating where. Let me ask you one question. Let me ask a second question, which equals the answer to the third question, too.
2: Right.
0: Yeah. That's great. That's great, Gary. That's a r- thanks for contributing. That's uh, that might be worth the whole price of the uh... admission right there. That's awesome. Price of admission. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess the sem- Telltale is worth what you pay for.
3: Right. Well, it is.
0: Of course, you guys do pay for this one because this is uh, yeah. members only. So. Yeah, uh... So, so actually, you are paying for it. So good for you. Well, it might be. Hopefully, that makes it worth the month month membership right there. That's a. That's a great contribution, Gary. I appreciate that. That's awesome.
3: Yeah, well, i I, thought, I wanted to figure out, if, find out if you what you thought of that, and I, I felt it was. I don't see how anybody could answer any different than that. If you're going to build your dream home, you want the best carpenter. You're not, you're not going to go looking for John's man, phil lumber, you know. No, you're
0: right. going get the wood. The wood is. Uh, yeah, and then wouldn't the best carpenter know what the best wood is, or would, I mean, he right. worked for the, he worked for it all the time. Who would know better? Yeah. yeah. I'm
1: going to have to call that one my own, there, Joe. <laughs> Every talking yeah, all the guys at work, I came up with that.
0: You steal that one, yes. I have uh, <laughs>
1: stealing that one. That's a great it's one. Really good it, like Rick.
0: He's, uh, Gary's going to have uh, copyright to that one. He.
1: Oh, no. You can, Gary, you
0: can write a, you can, Gary, you might be able to write a book just on that one thing right there. I'll have to oh, send him a check. Just, just, Rick, every time you say it,
3: just, just say Gary Bailey every, after every time you say it. I, I would say, <laughs> you know, as my
0: friend Gary Bailey said, okay. then Yeah. Then I, then I do my thing there. All right. Good <laughs> job, Gary. Thanks for contributing. Right. Thank you. Good. Uh, did you did Did you get your answer on the thing with the guy stopping? That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good way to handle it right there. If you did that one. Yeah. Well, right. like I
3: say, I, I had other questions, but uh, as I was listening, they kind of got answered. So. Good. Uh, good. I, I mean, whether or not whether or not you hear me or or uh, talk to me every week, just, uh, I'm usually here.
0: I'm with you. I know. I know. You guys are. You, there's a lot of people who are here every week, and uh, I appreciate everybody's uh, participation. Hey. There's gotta be a lot better things to do to hang out with Joe sarah on a Thursday night at what time is it out there? Nine o'clock almost nine o'clock, going on nine o'clock right now? Right. So, yeah uh, I I appreciate uh all you guys on the East Coast. You know, for me it's still I still got I still got to go out and have some dinner yet, so I'm still um it's still early for me. I still have a whole evening yet ahead of me. But uh you guys uh, I really appreciate how hard you do work and how uh you know what, it really tells me what everybody else says about it. it's all BS when somebody says, You know why we're we're too busy, we can't uh you know, we can't go to any kind of school or education. And to me, it's like, uh, you know, how could you not uh, try and learn more? That's why I think. I think uh, if I'm still learning something, I know Rick is learning something. Hey, every time I do one of these calls, I learn something big every time. And that—that that, I just learned something right there, Gary. That's a good one. Thank you. Well, you. Yeah. How about anybody else? Anybody else have anything they want to discuss while they're here? we got a got about five, ten more minutes. Anything else you hear uh, that you wanted any questions answered uh, or any comments on what we said tonight? Go ahead. If you want to put them on the website website, uh, on, on that uh, form that you want to send it that way, you can do it that way if you like. I want to say a shout out to all of our friends from Oregon Heating out there. We've got um, we've got uh, Craig and the rest of his crew out there. Craig, I hope you these guys are listening and you're uh, getting these guys to do something out there. Now we have a Ken Calky from Rochester, New York. He says, uh, "What are you selling? 70, Seventeen thousand to sixty-five thousand hour plumbing or HVAC?" Well, Ken, uh, Rick, Rick you, what are you, you're just selling you just sell HVAC, right?
1: Correct. Just HVAC, right?
0: You just sell HVAC systems. You don't do any kind of plumbing repair or that type of stuff. No. You just, uh, no. So you're selling about, and uh, the average right now per day is. I figured if you're doing, you're about three. You just said three and a half million recently. Yes. You said three and a half million uh, dollars recently, and so this year, from January to this year so far, you're at three and a half million, over a little over three and a half million, and so right. you figure right. that uh, September, October, November, December is your good part of the year. That's when it gets cold, right? right so you yeah, yeah, traditionally
1: up, uh, the the second half of the year is better than the first half yeah. i i find
0: yeah, I so you're a little bit over so we're a little bit past halfway mark and uh you're set to do about 6 million now if you look at that guys if you're doing if you're doing 1 million that's twenty thousand dollars a week so if you're doing uh 6 million that's about 120,000 a week right right so there you go so uh ken uh rick is selling about 120,000 dollars a week in HVAC replacement jobs and, 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 uh, and renovations for air conditioning. Now you're not doing any remodeling or new construction, no. Right, Rick?
1: No, no, we don't. I don't do any of that.
0: It's just all replacement add-ons type of thing.
1: Right. So who has heat and AC but needs to have yeah. it replaced? That's that's all I do.
0: Yeah. Okay. And every now and then you do maybe a cut-in job where somebody has a boiler and you do a, a duct system with an add-on too.
1: Yeah, well, not not really a whole lot of that. I mean, uh, we used to do more down, of that, right. but. I can't remember the last time I, I did one of those. Huh?
0: Good, good, good. All right. Come on, Joe. You spoke about this last time. Who was that? Who said that? I don't know who that is. They didn't name them so, themselves. Okay. So uh, we got somebody on the Internet. Uh, everybody's uh, chiming in here. Anybody else have anything they want to ask? Uh, some other things they have going. Got, when you're he, when using scarcity, what if it backfires on you? The customer says, okay, then, get, then okay, I'll get some other prices. The sales can in there, can it?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right? Can I answer that, Joe?
0: Sure, go ahead, Rick.
1: Well, and if that happens, then the customer isn't really going to buy it from you anyway. I mean, you can't lose what you haven't got, and it so it really,
0: ba- so really, really hasn't backfired, backfired Rick. Because, because you,
1: haven't, you don't have it.
0: it. It wasn't like it was your yeah. Mark, who said who was asking us? Mark up there uh, in New England. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't. It's not really backfiring because if you didn't have the job to begin with, and if the customer's perception that you have you are, you're of no value, that you are. Uh, somebody of no value, then how does that? Uh, how did you blow it? I don't get that. Right. You didn't right. blow it at all. You weren't. Gonna, you weren't going to get the job. You simply weren't going to get the job, um, and that's all there was to it.
1: Right. So I think that that's an indication too that you haven't built enough value. You haven't shown the customer that you're different and that that you're worth more money. If if, if they do okay. decide to take it and go somewhere else, you know. So. You know, like like uh, you can't lose what you, what you what you don't have. So, you know, that that could happen.
0: Uh huh. Exactly. So, um, how many times has it happened, Rick? How many times have you said to the customer, maybe we should just reschedule or cancel? It? Hey, if you don't want to get a, if you want to get some other people, you should go ahead and get some other people. Uh, how many times has it's, that backfired on you?
1: I am so shocked. It's never
0: happened. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always <laughs> tell people at my seminar, like I say to some, I'm having the total immersion in Los Angeles this week, and I always <laughs> say the same thing. I'm like, people say. If I have somebody, I'm, let's say I'm on a sales call, and somebody says, "You know, we're just kind of out getting some price, just shopping around." I'm like, "Okay, well, why don't you do this? Thing? Why don't you let me know when you're done shopping, and I'll just come back when you're ready." I, I was under the impression you wanted to do something. I didn't know. Let me go ahead and uh, cancel it if you aren't interested in anything. I, I thought, heck, I thought you were going to put an air conditioning unit in. What? What, ha- what? I must. It's just our mistake. It must be our. Must be our mistake. And right. of course, they go, "Wait, no, 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 don't go. Uh, I mean, don't reschedule. I mean, I, I want to get some options here. I want to see what you got going. Okay, because." I mean, why do you think you need AC, John? Well, because, uh, you know, we've we 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 gone 20 years without it. you. Know, my wife doesn't even like it. Yeah, if she doesn't like it, then why don't we just forget it then? I don't understand why you'd even why you even like AC then. That doesn't make sense. Did you ever have somebody say they don't like AC Derek? Rick? Yes. Yeah, I
1: mean, I've had people I tell me they for it, don't like AC.
0: A- I, A- I can't wait when it, it – it used to turn me off when it happened. Now I just right. can't wait when it happens. I just love when it happens now.
1: Right. Yeah, usually it's, it's the husband or wife who doesn't like it, right? I, you know – uh oh, oh no oh here's what it is I get all the time oh I don't really like AC but my wife wants it huh that's what I get all the time yeah. so and yeah what you you think, just, well
0: then why do you even I tell you what if you don't yeah. like it why uh, you know this isn't going to be very uh, pop, I'm not going to be a very popular guy if only half of the people here like me
2: exactly so why, 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 <laughs> why don't we just
0: go ahead and uh... how about this one when you see when you see the customer you ever do this one that, like remember the old days Rick when you were in the middle of a presentation. And uh, the customer would, like, uh, the, the wife would get up in the middle of the presentation. We just kind of ignore it. Remember those days? Right.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, I told you that happened to me. And when I said to the, uh, I said to the husband, I said, um, "You mind if I ask you a question?" He said, "No." What did I do to 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 to, make, to drive your wife away like that? She's really doesn't seem that interested now. In what did I do wrong? Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then what he do? He said, "Carol, get back over here."
1: Yeah, okay. I said no. You don't have. It. I mean, it must be something I'm doing. I mean, if, you know. Oh no, no. And, you know, and and they. It's amazing how you would think that uh, th- that that wouldn't work, but it really it really works.
0: I'll tell you one thing. I always do. I, I go. Um, here's what I did recently. I was on something, and a lady got up in the middle of my presentation and just started leaving because what, mm-hmm. what that's a tactic. Is I don't want to hear it this way. I can't decide. We have to think about it later. Because right. you're setting up a think it over. If you if you keep presenting. When when one of the, when you got two people in front of you, a husband and wife, then the wife gets up and leaves the table, right? And you and you keep presenting like there's nothing happening right now.
2: Well, yeah. I have to discuss with my wife idiot. now, right? Well, yeah, because then she when, then when then happens, gonna when, say, I, mean, I mean,
0: imagine imagine if you were a comedian, or let's let's imagine imagine if you were a singer, in a band or whatever. Let's say you were let's say you're an opera singer, and you're in the middle of your <laughs> opera, and 50% of the audience got up and left. Hmm. right how would you how would you think your uh, how would you think your opera is going right now You think you're think not you're, very good you're, 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 you're going to get a good review at the end no so you can just tell people it's like you know what John I feel like I'm not doing a good job I mean 50% of my audience just left me right now
1: <laughs>
0: that's right that's all I say it's like uh, I, don't, I don't see how it's going to be good 50% of the audience just left right. it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of like a singer where half the audience leaves when I'm in the middle of my song <laughs> I,
1: screwed
0: this, I, I screwed this up didn't I <laughs> right and, like, and, no, and the, no, the reason that works here. is
1: because you take responsibility. That'll it's work. You can't fault, blame man. them for it, but if you take responsibility for it, I really screwed this up. Now, they, they, she'll come back because she wants to rescue you now. Oh no, yeah. no, no! You didn't mess it up. You know, so uh, that's that, that's good.
0: Yeah, it's good stuff. I like that. I just want to bring that one. That's a funny. I think that's a funny one.
1: Yeah, I like but that. Yeah. I, I think
0: that carpenter one is really good tonight, and that's a funny one there. Anybody else have anything else they want to go over? It? Or check out some people on the internet? Or, or, Oregon, Oregon. Sorry, or, I don't want to say Oregon. It's Oregon, Oregon. Heating up there. Craig and his uh, boys up there. His posse. Uh, Rick. They asked a question uh, when you spoke about looking professional. Uh, what do you think about company shirts for the sales staff? Is that too much? What do you, what, so, Rick, what do you? No, that's uh, what I, that's what I wear. wear? I,
1: yeah, I wear a company shirt. That's a button-down shirt. It uh, that has Gem Plumbing on it. Uh, So that when I come to the door, they know I'm I'm not a vagrant, (laughs) Uh (laughs) and then I just wear a a nice pair of slacks and uh, and a a nice pair of black shoes. So, Um, uh,
0: so don't you think shoes mean for for a salesperson? I think shoes mean a lot to me. Right. If you don't don't go there with army boots or don't go there with you know gym shoes or PF Flyers. You know, uh, wear something that's a nice leather shoe that look like a professional. That that's one of those things that says to me. It's like who told me one time. That your shoes never lie. That people look people look at your shoes and they can see this guy's kind of a bum if he's got crappy shoes on. Like he can't right. take care of his shoes. How's he gonna take care of my furnace and air conditioning unit? That's one of the things I've been taught. And I tell you what, I, I I wear I wear Echo shoes, which is Italian shoes, and uh, they're, they're, they aren't, they look like normal shoes. I mean they aren't like real dressy ones, but they are good quality leather shoe that stays clean and they don't scuff up very easy. So I make sure that I make I make sure I take care of my feet. You know, plus, I am diabetic, so I make sure I take care of my feet as well. Um, but I, I'm, I'm a big believer in good shoes and also clean pants without holding right. them. I don't think you're doing yeah. yourself a favor by going in blue jeans like Jethro Bodine from the Beverly Hills <laughs> <Illbilities>, you <know, laughs> You're and, right. You know, I think you've got to wear some – I mean, what kind of pants do you wear, Rick?
1: Uh, just a, a pair of – the company right. supplies me. They're almost like a work pant, but they're like a nice Boy pleat jeans. in them. Almost like uh-huh. – I, I guess you would might call them like um, – no. Like oh, khakis. a docker yeah. exactly something. They're docker. more like a docker.
0: Yeah. Wait, they, you know what? Maybe we should start a Rick Picard dress line. <laughs> sure. <laughs>
4: yeah. Yes. Who's that?
0: Who's somebody else out there? No. There's some I background there noise. Said Joe. Yeah.
4: Hey Rick, I got what? a question for you, real quick. Yeah. When you're using your PowerPoint presentation, are you having any brand names on those PowerPoints? In other words, when you no. go to your your, your, your most premium option, your Platinum Plus product and it says you know your highest return on investment of that is it is it plugging in equipment at that point in time or a brand at that point in time? no
1: no brand what i do is when i press the button it will show a condensing unit but it won't i i'll pick one that you can't see a brand on it okay and it'll just say you know uh whatever description i pick but it will never say c rating bt rating or brand
4: okay okay and it just lists the highest return on investment quite a system available Right. Lists all the way
0: back down with the service built into it, and then
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: But t- I tell you what I'll do. I think I'm going to go ahead and take a few powerpoints like that. I'm going to go ahead and post them on the site with uh, that type of thing, so I can so everybody can see what you're do- what we're doing on that because that is key. I, I think that's uh, if you go- if you're going to use PowerPoint for a presentation format, what you can do, uh, but just make it simple so it doesn't have. Uh, a lot of different language, right, Rick? You just make it very right. simple and very primary. Just all you do
1: doing. is you is, is is you step in it when you put brand. Because when you start talking brands and BTUs and C rating, all you're doing is now putting yourself in the same level as all your competition, and you're clouding the issue. Now the customer gets stuck on, well, I heard this brand was better than that brand, and this guy's giving me 36, and you're giving me 30, and that's you're getting the focus away from your service, which really is important. And onto the box, which is really unimportant.
4: Right. Right. I was just saying, so, I'd like to be able to use that type of presentation as opposed mm-hmm. to sitting there and writing it out. I don't think that's going right. to work. Right.
1: Yeah, what I do is I have them already all pre made and I have a laptop with a screen twist.
4: Okay, is that, that so Hewlett- once, one? What's that? Is that that Hewlett Packard wonder where you can just. Yeah,
1: crank I. Yeah, I actually have a Its a Toshiba one, but I just take it and so I have it facing towards me when I'm doing whatever I'm doing. When I'm ready to present, I spin the screen and so that it, you know, that the customer and me can look at the screen together and I make my presentation.
0: Okay. Right. Yeah, that's good. i I'm going to I'm going to put some of those up there. I'll go ahead and uh I'll put them in the site in the sales forms and I'll do them in the feature resources wherever you can take a look at that it's it's it, 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 if you're going to use laptop, it's not a bad way of doing it and the brand name is not important, right, Rick? I mean, I got you right. off of that about a year ago. I got you off the yeah, brand
1: name and, crack, and, and yeah, I really was. I was really into the brand. I was, you know, when I did my presentations, I started them out with, you know, American Standard two stage and those things. And as time went on, I started taking brand names out. Then I took out BTUs and I took refrigerant. And what I found that as time went on, I got a lot less resistance from the customer. I got them more focused on making a decision because I took all that stuff that was clouding the issue out of the way. Right. So I have to say, Joe, you were right that time.
4: Right. I, I mean, that's I've that's learned cool. how to do that, and it's really—it hasn't been an issue to me, of, to
0: me as of late. Uh, but I was just. Well, Mike, you're you on a little bit of a roll there. How many of you, how many of you got in a row? You, you're pretty much on a roll where you haven't lost one in for a while.
4: I, I think I'm like uh, out of the last sixteen, I've closed fifteen. But my average ticket went down because they weren't full system. So uh,
1: you know. That's all right. Your closing <laughs> ratio is good, right?
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop, and I mean to go bad and get a bad habit going again. I don't
1: know. Yeah, well, that's why if you keep if you keep on thinking like that, you won't you keep on looking for it. You know, I I I know I'm doing the right thing when I leave the home and the customer says to me, "Oh yeah, by the way, what kind of equipment am I getting?" Or or, or, or what size is it? I mean, I get that all the time. It's after the sale is made and the agreement signed, and we get them on the schedule to do the work. Sometimes they may come up with that question. Right. You
0: now, know? How do you answer that question, Rick? What do you do when they well, say that?
1: Yeah, I'll just tell them at that point. <laughs>
0: you know, no, I I'll,
1: I'll I'll really ask them. I'll ask them. I say, "Why is there a particular brand?" That I'll ask Really, I'll get them to reveal a little bit why they're asking the question now. A lot of times, says, "Well, I'll see them. Do you really care what kind of um I'm offering you?" Well, i was just kind of curious. I'm like, "Well, is there any potential you have in your mind?" And so I'll do. I'll, I'll do that a little bit with them. They'll say, "Well, yeah, I've heard of or American Standard." I says, "All right. So if I had American Standard, how would you feel about that?" Well, I'd feel yeah, that's good. I, well, like. That's what I have, you know. So first, what I really do is, when they ask the question, to be quite frank about it, I want to find out why they're asking me the question first. Uh-huh. And once I once I know why they've asked me, then I'll, then I'll
0: tell them. Yeah, I'll find out the answer first that they want to hear, and then if, if, it, if they if they want if they want something different than you have, then you can say something like, "Well, I do have that one too, but if you want something better, that's why I'm that's why I put in something a little bit better this time." And right. then you can uh, co-vault your brand or whatever you're doing there, right? Yeah. Right. Good. Um, how to get started with service contracts. Uh, so I know I had uh, I had a guy from Los Angeles asking here, uh, how to get started with service contracts. Um, I think that when it comes to what you're selling, Rick, you're probably the service contract uh, starter best friend, right? I mean, because if right. you're out there selling, because let's face it, uh, Ray, you're out there from Los Angeles and you're saying, how to get started with service contracts. There's no better way to get started than when selling a 10-year package of planned service that Rick or a guy like me or other people who are like Craig, I know Craig's from Oregon up, Oregon up there. Uh, he'll sell a job with a ten ten year plan service package. So right off the bat, every time Rick you sell one, I, I mean, how many plan service? Rick, if you could take a guess, how many? And you say you close a couple of deals a day. Let's say, right. how many plan service agreements do you think you sell a week?
1: Oh God! Well, I bet you I sell five ten year service contracts, where they're all, you know, where they're 10 years, for the next 10 years, and I bet you I sell 10, 5-year,
0: right? So you're say so you're telling me, Rick, that over the whole week, you think you're probably selling 100 plan service agreements a week by yourself? Right,
2: right, yeah.
0: Everybody hear that? What better way to get started selling plan, if you're just getting started selling plan service, i tell you one thing, nothing better than selling them in 10, 5-year packs because that's a, now all of a sudden you can grow your service department. You can, You want to grow a service department? Pre-sell some planned service for people. This way you kind of got the you got tomorrow's service sold sold, sold today, right?
1: Right. And customers really love it because they feel they know their true cost and they feel like they're getting the service at today's prices. Because what is a service right. cost, contract going to cost in 10 years? So they feel it's a good value. And it yeah, is. Somebody
0: says, why yeah, somebody says, why would I want to buy uh, 10 years of planned service today? I can say, right. well, you don't have to. You could just go ahead and just buy this third option, which doesn't have any planned service in it or just a one year plan service. But, you know, a lot of people, just tell people, a lot of people like to buy, you know, tomorrow's service at today's price, and this way the prices right. can't go up and you're locked in. Right. And also with the filters and pads and that type of stuff, too, right? You can right. pre sell. So whatever you're charging for filters and pads, if you're, you let's, them, let's say you're there. selling space Guard filters for like 87 bucks a year or whatever, well, then you could just sell them right now. Sell, uh, just sell it. Just call it, make it. Make it. Sell it right now for eight hundred and seventy bucks, and drop ship them on the job is where you sold. That's what the, I do. So yeah. So them,
1: right? when we install it, I bring ten additional filters, and I leave them there.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, otherwise you're going to put the burden on your service department to have to rem- have to sell a new pad every year. Plus, they're going to, have to if you have UV bulbs, right, Rick? If you do a UV light thing,
2: right well, yep. Then you're
0: going to have to put the burden on the service guys to keep selling new bulbs every year, right. as opposed as opposed to you just put it, restoring them back to 100 percent strength. It's
1: right. really not
0: fair. To, is, it, is it really fair to a customer? You know one of the biggest malpractice things I see, Rick.
1: No, I know. Says, I know, Before you even say it, As the customer put, feels right. like every time they see one of your people, they're trying to sell them something?
0: Yeah. Is that it, it's malpractice to spend twenty five thousand with you and then try and sell you something? Right. Right. You know, <laughs> just sell me something now, and I'm done with it. There's no more selling me anything. Right. Unless right, there's something new right. that comes out then I'm set, I'm set to go, right? And so, and so, like when Ken from Rochester asks, "What are you selling?" Well, you're not just selling equipment; you're selling equipment, air quality systems, duct sealing, duct cleaning, things that uh, you know are just uh, uh, ten years of service, ten years of filters, ten years of bulbs. So this way, it's all been pre-sold for the next ten years. You don't have to the service guys and go out there. Now, if you have some service guys who are challenged to sell, like let's face it, if you have twenty guys in your service department. Uh, five or six of them are not going to be good at selling it. Probably more like five or six would be good and fifteen wouldn't be good probably. Right. Case.
2: Exactly. And
0: so now you, now you got a way to develop young technicians without putting, uh, pressure on them to sell. It. You've already sold it and that's pretty much it. Right. Right. So, uh, that's a, to me, that's a good way to get started. So Ray, I hope that answers your question. And if, uh, it doesn't, you can always email us later on. And, uh, thanks for, uh, uh, dropping by and giving us that note, uh, on the internet webcast. Anybody else who wants to ask a question right now or make a comment? I know is Rodney Coop out there? Rodney? Yeah, I'm here, Joe. Are you? So are you doing better? I hope. I hope it, last week it sounded like you were uh, you ready to go in the closet and suck your thumb. You doing better? <laughs>
3: no, no, no. That, I really wasn't. I really wasn't having any problems. I just wanted to hear your comment on uh, uh, on how strong a language you should use or that you should keep with a customer. Uh uh-huh. But hey, I do have a question for you. Good. We've got a. We're doing a trade show this weekend, a home show, huh? and I'm just wondering, kind of like, how much information should you not share with the customer at a home show?
0: Yeah, that's a good one. You know what? Here's the best thing at a home show: you got to do. You know, if you're going to go to a home show, try to avoid being the normal, traditional thing, which is just kind of standing around, handing out the cards, and getting sore feet. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that's what, that's what normally happens. Right? Yeah.
2: All right. The, All right.
0: the best thing you can do. Is to take a lesson from these guys who sell the ladders at the home show. You ever see those guys? Yeah. You ever see the kind of crowd that hangs around their booth?
3: Yeah, because they're standing on ladders.
0: Well, not just that. They also got. Oh, demonstrating, uh, right, right. Well, but they're doing something. Same with the guy who uh, he 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 sits. He sits behind that counter with some. I don't know. I forget forget what the hell it is he does. But he does a little show. Oh, the meat. He does. He does. He sells the knives, right? Ginsu knives. Exactly. He sells the knives at the home show. So, if you can do something like get yourself a little podium, get up there and give a little presentation on something, uh, start uh-huh. out, start out. There's, there's, a, there's a whole thing, a whole thing to do on trade shows. The thing to do on trade shows like that is to gain people's attention. You need, you need somebody who's a showman. You know, you'd be better off hiring a magician, for instance. Uh, uh-huh. bring him, bring them to your booth and have them do some card tricks, draw a crowd in while you can now give it. Now we're gonna give, it, and this trick what? is just like the magic that you get with our air quality system where it removes <laughs> dust and dirt. You, you know what I'm saying there? Yeah, Heather. that would be much more involving and much more fun. Well, I tell you right now, when you go to a home show, I've seen I've seen people who make it real fun. They hire right. an entertainer if they either enter, entertain themselves by uh, one of the best things I did was learn how to do that card trick where I make people do the car, guess the cards and the whole like that. Uh-huh. I say that yeah, now that's just like the magic. So you, see your sales just like there, you, uh, you it goes up, it, just, it disappeared, and that's just like your objections are going to disappear when you use this system, and so right, uh, right. It, it works, and so you got to. So think about how you can create a connection based on entertaining people because that's what people go there for—is to entertain themselves and then create a connection between that entertainment and whatever you're trying to do. And that'll be the uh, and then then you got people's attention to talk about the stuff. You can't just go up there and blather on though. You have to have something that breaks the pattern, draws people in, makes it fun, and then talk about your product.
1: Now, Joe, do you, do you think home shows are worth doing?
0: If you do it right, it's worth doing. But if you do it wrong, like stand around, and get sore feet, you might as well just forget it. Right. <laughs> you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? There. If you go there and do it right, you can really uh you got to break the pattern, make it make it fun, get people in there, have have a point to whatever whatever kind of trick you're doing, whatever kind of entertainment you're doing. That entertainment's got to tie in to your to you right into a presentation, so you can give yourself a 10 minute presentation on air quality or on whatever. Is. And this is just like uh, the air quality. This makes our the dust go away in your home. See, it's disappeared. Ooh, everybody's gathered around. Ooh, a click, a clap. Yay. And this is just like the air quality system that we have and how it makes the dust in your home disappear. Let's explain how we do that. You just keep going. And see, who, see who hangs out, you know. And you, all of a sudden, because, because you're more capturing attention, that's what I would say, Rodney. Does that answer your question?
3: Yeah. we. I'll send you a picture after we do it. You'll be pretty impressed. We've got some great ideas going.
0: Good, good. I'm glad. I like to hear it. That sounds great. Okay, anybody else? We're gonna wrap it up. It's time to go. Anything else? All right, guys. Hey, Rick, thanks for stopping by this week. Uh, you like Johnny Carson? You're on vacation for two weeks. Right. So yeah, uh, I'm leaving. Like man, I got to fill in for you.
1: I'm leaving so. for two weeks. Woohoo!
0: <laughs> I'll let you go. Have a good one, guys. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye.
1: The moderator has disconnected. The call will now
4: end.